0: Anything but in everything by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus, Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7. Thanks for joining us today. This is the Hour of Intercession. I'm Pastor Joseph Parker. We invite you to look with us in the Word of God to begin with in the book of Psalms, Psalm 23, beginning at verse 1. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. All of Psalm 23. Then looking in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, beginning at verse one. Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I become sounding brass or a clanging cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. And though I bestow my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned, but have not love, it profits me nothing. Love suffers long and is kind. Love does not envy. Love does not parade itself, is not puffed up. Does not behave rudely, does not seek its own, is not provoked, thinks no evil. Does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth. Bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never fails. But whether there are prophecies, they will fail. Whether there are tongues, they will cease. Whether there is knowledge, it will vanish away. We know in part and we prophesy in part. But when that which is perfect has come, then that which is in part will be done away. When I was a child, I spoke as a child. I understood as a child, I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. But now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then I shall know just as I also am known. And now by faith, hope. Love these three, but the greatest of these is love. First John chapter, again, that was First Corinthians chapter 13. And then First John chapter 4, verses 7 and 8 tell us, Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God, because God is love. And then John chapter 4, verses 9 through 12. God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. Again, John chapter four, verses nine through 12. Then John chapter 15, verses 12 and 13. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. Again, John 15, verses 12 to 13. And then the final scripture we want to share at this time, John 3:16. For God so loved the world, that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him should shall not perish but have eternal life. Father, thank you, Lord, for your wonderful word which teaches us and guides us and illuminates our tr- our understanding about what love really is. Lord, thank you for the fact that you've let us know in your word you are love. And thank you for the opportunity you've given us. You've made us brand new and you've blessed us to be vessels through which you can reach And show what your love looks like to the whole world. Lord, anoint us afresh with the spirit of love, mercy, compassion, and grace. Empower us, Lord, to be vessels through which your love is poured in great abundance upon this world every single day. We thank you and we praise you. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Thank you again for listening to the Hour of Intercession. Our producer is Rick Robertson. He's going to lead us in a word of prayer at this time. Father, we ask that you work in our hearts, that you stir our hearts to love you more and to love others more. Father, we want to be the hands and feet of Jesus as we go out into the world. We want to um, have the aroma of Christ around us. And Father, we don't have that naturally. We need your Holy Spirit to, um, to cause that to happen. We praise you. We lift high your holy name today. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Amen. Thank you, Rick. And thank you again for being a part of our listening family. Uh, we want to share the, share with you. We're very grateful and honored to have with us as our phone guest. Actually, uh, we've had her uh, some time back, but we're grateful to have her back. Miss Sherry Oatstein. She's worn many hats in her lifetime, but amongst others, she's an author. She's the author of a book entitled Blackie, A Canine Rescue of the Heart. Our whole gang is excited because they know a little bit about Uh, Sherry and the book Blackie as well. So Sherry, how are you today?
1: I am fine. I love your dog. I love your studio dog. That's so
0: cute. All right. Him and the rest of the gang are there. Uh, So grateful to have you back. And Sherry, as we begin, I'm going to ask if you'll take a few moments just to introduce yourself, and then we're going to get into a move into uh, you sharing your book. But if you'll take a moment now to introduce yourself to our listening audience.
1: Well, I am, first of all, um, an author of Blackie's book. That's one of my (laughs) most recent accomplishments, and I'm, of course, the mother of Blackie. And um, I'm a teacher from kindergarten through high school, and I am also a counselor of children and adults, and I work primarily with the Word of God and forgiveness. I'm a little different. And um, I've done many other things in my lifetime, but mainly I love to serve God's people And I've never seen such a time as these where people who have needs in the past are now, they're just really hurting. So it's a wonderful thing to be getting up every morning to see how I can make a difference in people's lives. And right now I'm doing it primarily with intercessory prayer, which is a perfect match for being on your program.
0: All right. Well, we're honored and grateful to have you on. And uh, I want to mention, too, specifically as you're having the opportunity to share uh, from your book, the book Blackie, A Canine Rescue the Heart. Uh, you know, it's a unique journey that by the grace of God, you went on with your mom. And I want to mention that in particular, I think this particular, this broadcast and or series of broadcasts will especially minister to caregivers. And I think it they will bless and encourage any and every person that hears them but especially caregivers. And we have a lot of people that are caregivers in one way or another in our culture today. So I'm going to ask if you'll just go ahead and get right into sharing about uh, uh, the introduction to the book before we get into the Mm -hmm. book itself, okay?
1: Sure. And and because you mentioned caregivers, I want mothers and people listening to the broadcast right now to know that I have taken this book out to the public schools and um, to Read it out loud to kindergartners pre kindergartners, I think through middle school age children, so it is not just for caregivers; it really speaks to the heart of a lot of ages and stages because most people love animals, and Blackie is the role model for how to be a good caregiver. If you want to know the truth, he was my role model, so children love little dogs so that's kind of the whole basis is what you were saying about first Corinthians thirteen. This is a book about love through the eyes of a dog. How's mm-hmm. that for a start?
0: That sounds good and, and I just want to tell our listeners up front, this is not about a dog that lived in the last century or years ago. Black is still very much alive and so he's a living <laughs> he's a living celebrity. So good to know that. He so.
1: is. He is here in the room actually, so he might grace us with one of his little dogs. Uh, Barks any minute. But anyway, we'll pray that he's quiet through this broadcast. Pastor, did you want me to go ahead and give the introductory paragraph of how I got started in taking yes. care of my mother?
0: Please do, yes.
1: Um, th- thank you. Well, this is um, kind of the second half of my introduction. The first half is embedded in the book itself, so I'll let the book speak to that when we get there. But into t- taking care of my mother for three years, the following happened. My 92-year-old mother fell and fractured her pelvis in June of 2013. The emergency room physician told me at the time that most people of her age with this type of injury would usually be sent to a long-term care facility. This would not be the same as staying at home with her family, and her life expectancy would very probably be significantly shortened. He even told me at that time that most people sent to a long-term care facility usually end up dying within six months, and I could not believe it. So I checked with other physicians, and they said, no, Sherry, that's statistically been proven. So at that time, when I heard those words, I said, this would not be the case with my mother. She would remain with me in her home. So I quit my job, Pastor, to accommodate my mother's needs, which were further exacerbated by her worsening dementia
0: she now needed full-time care. Okay. Well, thank you for sharing that specific uh, information, too, that helps us kind of better know how to uh, kind of step into the, the the message and the story of the book. So in your own way, I'm right. going to ask you to go ahead and uh, share the book. Again, the full title is Blackie, A Canine Rescue of the Heart.
1: That's correct. That is the full title, and it is available now on Kindle, on Amazon. And When we get a break or something, I can read to you how people could find it, but for now, that's enough. Okay. (laughs) This book is only 108 pages, so it is available for most reading levels and has many, many pictures because the children that I read it to were mostly pre-kindergarten, kindergarten, kindergarten, etc., through grade school and middle school. Mm -hmm. So it is not a hard read. Maybe take an hour to two hours to read total. And the opening pages, Pastor, uh, might be helpful. So I'm going to go read the um, beginning of the book, which was Praise for Blackie, because I shared this book as I was writing it with my friends, and Mm -hmm. these are some of their comments. Okay. Sherry, I just read the first part this morning that you sent me. I love it. I have laughed, been amazed, and just think it's wonderful. I can't believe how so many wrong foods never seem to faze him too much, which reminds me of my rescue, Cersei that is so food-driven and still is to this day with her adoptive family that I keep in touch with. But in Blackie's case, I can definitely see it's a God thing for your mom, and that's why, for the most part, he is unscathed. I'm so happy you have him for your mom and for you, My mom who suffered with dementia loved my mini Schnauzer Kaiser so much that she always knew him much longer than any other thing she started forgetting. So I adore this book because it's already brought out lots of emotions for me, which are happy, feel good, laugh out loud kind of feelings. And that's just the first part. Thank you so much for sharing this with me. I'm so excited to get on with the story. Finally. I've had time to read the second part this morning. I just finished, and just like the first part, I love it. I was laughing so much throughout that I was sure my doggies still here in bed with me and trying to snooze were wondering, what's so funny? Another great start to my day. Can't wait to get to the final installment this weekend. Sherry, sorry I didn't get to the last part till this morning, but like the other two, I had no doubts. I love it. I can hardly wait for you to get this published so I can buy it, hopefully, and get a signed, autographed copy. Thanks again for sharing, Cindy B. The next one. This book is hilarious. If you've ever had a parent that has dementia or Alzheimer's, you'll find this book very comical and the prayers very comforting at the same time.
0: Sure, I'm going to jump in right here. We're going to pick up on the other side of the break. Our phone guest today is Sherry Oatstein. She's the author of the book Blackie, A Canine Rescue of the Heart. We'll be right back. Of the earth are shaking. There is no power that can match His grace. Lift up your head, lift up your eyes to see. All of creation is waiting and longing for sons and daughters to declare this truth. Lift up your head, lift up your voice and sing. So Brian and Katie Torwalt, He is the Light. Thanks for listening to the Hour of Intercession. Our phone guest today is Sherry Oatstein, and she's the author of the book, Blackie, A Canine Rescue of the Heart. And Sherry, if you'll go ahead, I think you're going to share a couple more of the reviews. Sure. And uh, afterward, I'm going to ask you to pray. But go go right ahead.
1: Okay. Um, this book is hilarious. If you've ever had a parent that has dementia or Alzheimer's, you will find this book very comical and the prayers very comforting at the same time. Stephanie B. And I'm going to do one more at this time, Pastor. This book can teach us all how to love unconditionally, despite complex circumstances or impossible people, in a simple but profound way, by letting go of our expectations to accept people as they are. Loretta K.
0: All right. Okay. There goes Pete. He's getting more and more excited, so uh, good to hear (laughs) from him as well. Sure. I'm going to ask if you'll say a word of prayer before we get into the reading of the book text itself. Okay. If you'll say a word of prayer,
1: please. Sure. Dear Heavenly Father, please speak to every individual in the audience this morning or on the podcast later on. Open their hearts to see the message of love. This whole story is about a little dog taught me how to love. He was my role model in dealing with a difficult situation with my mother and her dementia. So this is a book, kind of a, I guess you'd call it a playbook on love. Help these people to see this. Little children can enjoy this because a little dog is our leader. Please, dear Lord, help the people that hear this podcast. Number one, to find Jesus Christ, the author and finisher of love, in their hearts And help those who are venturing out to be caregivers to have restored hope and strength to do the job that you have called them to do. Thank you, dear Lord, for your precious son, Jesus, at this time of the year, right before Easter. Help us all to grow in love. In Jesus' powerful name, amen.
0: Amen. Amen. Thank you, Sherry. And so if you'll go right into the book. You know, something I just want to mention to our listeners that, it might be that every yeah. single listener, before they're done, they're going to want to go out and get them their own little Blackie dog, too. So uh, <laughs> I think it'll touch them. So, But at this time, go right ahead.
1: Thank you very, very much. Uh, the dedication of my book was to my dog, Blackie, who ultimately rescued us, his rescuers, and to all little homeless animals, humane societies, and shelters everywhere who make miracles like ours possible as well as to my now gone-on-to-her-reward, Miss Charlotte Ann Newhouser, Blackie's grandmother, and my own mother, hero, role model, and best friend, as well as to all other little angels in the world like her and their caregivers, human or animal, who know what it means to love. It's also in loving memory of the most important person missing from Blackie's story, my father, Albert J. Oatstein. He died far too young, but left a legacy of an unquenchable love for God and country, my mom, his family, and dogs. Our home was a revolving door of strays with a few Springer Spaniels in the mix. In pictures of his platoon during World War II, he always had some stray dog or two by his side. He taught us kids to always tell the truth, to think for ourselves, and to know what really matters. And his love for dogs kept us real. Even though he's been gone for over 40 years, I believe my dad would have loved our Blackie as there was almost a real spiritual connection between them. I truly feel my dad's spirit is present with us now, loving us and helping us through Blackie. Acknowledgement with special thanks to my father's oldest brother, John Vincent, better known to me as Uncle Jack. He has always been a celebrity in his own right to me and has a striking resemblance to Clark Gable. He was not only a disc jockey with one of the longest-running all-night radio programs in San Diego from 1955 to 68. he was a veteran Marine in the Pacific during World War II, primarily in Iwo Jima. He has not only helped me and my family in many ways all of my life, but he was gracious enough, even though nearly 99, to fill me in on the history of the original Blackie on page 8. He was also so kind as to give a glowing endorsement of Blackie's book, as he calls it. A man of few words, he said it was one of the best dog books he'd ever read. From Uncle Jack, that's a Pulitzer Prize. By the way, Uncle Jack found Jesus Christ as his Lord and Savior the last, at least three months of his life. Isn't that amazing? 99 years old, and he found Jesus, so it's never too late. Mm -hmm. summary blackie a canine rescue of the heart can be enjoyed by anyone who's ever known and loved a dog or just love period it has all the same elements it speaks to all ages and walks in life and it can be taken on many levels on the service it's first and foremost a dog story a story about a dog that almost gets passed over at the humane society as he looks pretty rough It's probably pretty scared, hasn't eaten for days, has a bad haircut, and is used to being rejected for his many bad behaviors. And yet, despite all odds, by a strange sequence of events, coincidences, acts of God, he is given a second chance at love and a fresh start in a new home. And even then, things are not smooth sailing for our hero, Blackie, as he continues to push every limit and to challenge every boundary, destroying every carry-on kennel and restraining device, knocking over every waste basket with wild abandon, and eating his new owner's forbidden people foods reserved for guests and for gifts, and barking at and or pottying on nearly everything else with a vengeance, a textbook case study for anger management. In short order, he's once again on probation. His bad behaviors resurface and threaten to ruin his new home and the once peaceful existence of his new family. Many near-accidents and near-death experiences not only threaten his life, but also his approval ratings with his new family members. Would he make the grade, or would he again be recycled and his fledgling show canceled? And then comes grace. Just when his owners are about to despair, when even their prayers seem to fall short of the ceiling, something invisible, something almost miraculous starts to unfold, and gradually, gradually, Blackie's devil may care attitude begins to melt, and his own sweetheart begins to emerge. And soon the story goes to the next level. As Blackie, who had barely made the grade to even pass go, goes on to become king of the mountain. His emerging heart begins to awaken the hearts and needs for companionship and friendship in his caretakers and all who meet him. Well, maybe not all. UPS drivers still push his envelope first with his human grandmother as her failing memory beset with dementia begins to pull him into service. And her trying to make sense of her own diminishing existence, her lifetime experiences resurface onto her new imaginary friend, Blackie, who begins to take on human, even superhuman dimensions. And to her, he becomes capable of doing grand and amazing exploits, even in medicine and business. Her growing neediness. Almost acts as a catalyst to his budding maturity, catapulting him into a caring, responsible service dog. Second, with his caretaker, his human aunt, whose job it is to see that all in the household are fed, safe and healthy, and live in love, peace and joy. Blackie becomes the mortar that holds all the tenuous aspects of their precarious lives together, protecting and soothing their continuing existence and does so right admirably, as if from a far more pedigreed bloodline with glass. In an impossible blend of zaniness, heartwarming tenderness, humor, faith, prayers, and sure determination for survival, grandma's dementia is unbelievably managed, some days even conquered, by a 20-something-pound furball with a nose for anything remotely edible. It is a bittersweet victory, dance of love. As such, it is a pattern for loving anyone. Not only for those dealing with dementia, Alzheimer's, and the like, but for loving in general, whether it be coping with someone in impossible pain, health, or other serious challenges, or just with a strained relationship with a workmate, spouse, or friend. It may mean stopping not to smell the roses, but to observe and to meditate on and then to copy our four-legged friends' coping behaviors into our very own lives, circumstances, and relationships. It is a playbook on love on all fours. The table of contents is kind of the outline to kind of keep in context what is going to be discussed. It's in three parts. The first part is Saved by Grace. First of all, finding mom in her Alzheimer's dementia, whether she got lost at the beginning of this book and we had a very serious challenge to find her. And then as we went along, we needed to have a human counterpart in the home when I was at work, so it became a a dog, not a human. And that was going out to find Blackie, someone to keep her company. That's Chapter 2 of Part 1. Part 2 is, and now it begins. Number 1, finding peace. Number 2, finding joy. Number 3, finding love. And Part 3 are special features with mostly photographs that can't be shared on the air, but it will be available on Kindle of pictures of many different pictures of Blackie with his friends and family and then some outtakes and bloopers. The whole book is 108 pages, mostly of pictures and the story of Blackie. Part 1, Saved by Grace, Chapter 1, Finding Mom. This story could not have been possible without the generous gift of a retirement home provided by my brother Scott, his wife Susan, and their children, Allie and Christian. His determination and their combined support to provide Grandma a beautiful home to live at, her days, was truly the first chapter in the unfolding events that followed. Blackie was just the catalyst who taught me, Miss Charlotte's daughter and caretaker, to enjoy the moment, to live in the present, to slow down and smell the roses, and to see her through the eyes of unconditional love. My bent has always been to try to improve change and do research on everything, and in this case, to do research on the etiology, symptoms, and treatment of dementia. Blackie's little calming ways were invaluable, and at times maybe even better than mine. Maybe he really is a genius. Our little story began June the 4th, 2011, when my nearly 90-year-old mother, Miss Charlotte, agreed to pick me up after work, do some car ride complications on my part, bottom line, she never showed up. I had to report her as a missing person to the local police department, who issued a silver alert for missing seniors. This alert was published all over the state of Kansas to all law enforcement agencies, who amazingly found her approximately nine hours later, around midnight, safe and sound in the Fredonia, Kansas police department. Her story: she thought it was such a beautiful spring day, she decided to take a little day trip before picking me up after work. The only problem, as she only made right turns, it got a little dicey what was Saturday traffic and all. Well, one thing led to another, and she ended up about 87 miles from her destination, totally forgetting her commitment to me. Then, much later, my brother and his family went to pick her up. By the time they all arrived back in Wichita, it was about 3 or 4 in the morning. A full 12 hours after her departure, end of story, no more car keys, no more road trips. Though never clinically diagnosed, it was probably early-onset dementia or a small TIA transient ischemic attack. Anyway, our life together began a new adventure. With my mother's worsening dementia, frailty, and changing independence issues, I decided that acquiring a small companion lap dog might ease her transition into becoming more and more open and fill those gaps in her days with love and puppy kisses. So for her 91st birthday, we headed for our local humane society to find just the right rescue. Chapter 2, Finding Blackie. The importance of finding just the right rescue cannot be overemphasized both for the good of our canine friends as well as for their human companions. Much prayer, time, research, and openness to all possibilities must go into the selection process. With Blackie, there was even divine intervention. After dementia cost my mother her freedom to drive, I could see she really needed consolation, comfort, maybe just a small furry creature companion to take her mind off her growing isolation while I was at work. So on the advent of her 91st birthday, we took the trip to our local Kansas Humane Society. There, we found a lovely golden retriever named Treva, who had already earned a name for herself as a therapy doc at the Veterans Administration or Veterans Affairs. We were thrilled. Our family had had a long line of goldens. They were in our DNA. So as the facility was closing, we we happily secured Treva with a deposit until we could return the next day. It was a match made in heaven, so we thought. After seeing Treva's picture, after posting Treva's picture on Facebook and receiving many likes and other positive comments, I was shocked when shopping at Walmart on the way to the pound the next day for various dog supplies for our new family member to receive a text message from Loretta, one of my most caring dog lover friends.
0: Sherry, we're going to pick up right there on the other side. Our phone guest today is Sherry Oatstein. She's the author of the book, Blackie, A Canine Rescue of the Heart. We'll be right back. In your likeness Super amazing music of Dunson Oyakan with amazing thanks for listening to the hour of intercession here on American Family Radio our phone guest today is Sherry Oatstein as she's sharing beautifully with us as she's reading through the book she's authored Blackie a canine rescue of the heart Sherry, before we get back to your reading would you pray uh, whatever's on your heart to pray for caregivers today
1: oh okay pastor I'd love to and dear Heavenly Father Besides reaching out to everyone who's within the audience that I will be speaking to, whether they pre kindergarten or younger or, you know, nanogenarians in rest homes, I ask that you would touch their heart, enliven their spirits, and heal them as I speak with these beautiful stories about a loving dog who taught me better how to love. And in that sentence, I ask now that these people would waken to the need to possibly even adopt a little um, rescue dog. There are so many of them that have so much love to give, so much joy to offer, and they could extend the lifetime of everyone that meets them because love has that impact on all of us. So please let people become aware of this beautiful segment of our society that just need a home to be able to give and receive love, little adoptable dogs or kitty cats, in Jesus' precious powerful name. Amen.
0: Amen. Amen. Okay, if you'll just pick up where you left off there. Okay.
1: After posting Treva's picture on Facebook and receiving many likes and positive comments, I was shocked when shopping at Walmart on the way to the pound the next day, for various dog supplies for our new family members to receive a text message from Loretta, one of my most caring dog lover friends. Do not get that dog. I'm leaving my home now. I'll meet you at the shelter. Please do nothing until I arrive. I was done. I thought we had found the perfect fit. When L- Loretta duly arrived at the shelter, she did make a convincing case. Sherry, your mother is elderly. You need a lap dog not a medium-sized dog. It would be too much for you. Then when we arrived in the counseling room where the dogs were brought before adoption just to be sure that the prospective dog and master were compatible, we had the most amazing discovery, confirming Loretta's concerns. Our perfect match was missing a rear leg. I had missed that one little detail. As Treva was a golden retriever mixed with a basset hound, we hadn't realized this complication in our hurry the night before. How could we be so dumb? However, several things became clear in the light of day. Number one, as Treva was sitting down when we hurriedly first saw and secured her, we couldn't see her hindquarters. And number two, as her legs were only six inches long due to the Basset Hound mix, her long, beautiful, golden retriever hair obscured that she was missing her rear leg. And furthermore, three, the counselor informed us in the counseling room that Treva had very prominent arthritis in her remaining back leg, all of which were red flags for a home with a frail, elderly, 91-year-old woman and her working daughter. Plus, when we tried to get to know Treva in the counseling room, she made up with me but totally ignored my mother, the very person for whom the dog was being purchased. In short, my friend Loretta was right on. In fact, she was right onto the very next dog and took off running around the shelter in search of a much smaller, more appropriate lap dog. Her search ended just as Blackie was wheeled back from surgery, having just been neutered. He'd also been operated on by the facility groomer, who, learning Blackie was part Bichon Frise and part poodle, gave him a teddy bear marshmallow haircut on his head to accommodate his Bichon ancestry and shaved his little body like a pipe cleaner to accommodate his little background. The overall effect was clown-like, like a bobblehead, with his head two sizes too big. I was mortified. I came for an elegant 45-pound golden and was staring at a 15-pound spook. But as Loretta taught me, through her actions, Blackie had potential. She saw Blackie through the eyes of love, like God sees us. But there in the counseling room, Blackie shone. He went immediately to mom and began licking her face, whereas Treva had ignored her. Plus, he was four years younger than Treva and had no health restrictions at all for his young 12 months of life. Aside from his haircut, aside from his name, I wanted something a little more mature and clever than Blackie, which was to me a kid's name. He was perfect. Loretta assured me that we all have bad hair days and that Blackie would clean up beautifully. I wasn't so sure, but after all, I was there for my mother to find a companion, not for myself, and she seemed fine with all of Blackie's accoutrements. So we took him hair, name, and all. This little black furball reminded Loretta of something, a story I had told her about my father. He had also had a dog named Blackie when he was a little boy, and his Blackie had the distinction of being the smartest and best dog he had ever owned, so much so my father had carried his Blackie's picture with him all through World War II as part of his personal effects. Loretta thought that was a sign. I wasn't so sure, but as we were driving Blackie home, we took a short lunch break, and while there, I had a chance to thoroughly read Blackie's paperwork, and there it was, Blackie's date of birth, October the 13th, 2011, the same day as my father's, who had died over 40 years before. That sign was unmistakable. Blackie was my father's choice. That day, for richer or for poorer, Blackie became part of our family. Part two, and now it begins. Chapter three, finding peace. But just having a divine intervention from God through Loretta and some additional coincidental signs did not make for completely smooth sailing for once we arrived home. Part of the problem was my mother. She had a little trouble in her dementia and realizing that Blackie was a little dog not a little boy. Consequently, the next day when I came home from work, I found my canine companion experiment to be a complete disaster. I called her on my drive home to see if our new charge was finally eating. He had been on a hunger strike since his admission to the animal shelter. Mom's voice simply beamed over the phone. Oh, yes, just come home and see. See, I did. There, as I entered the kitchen from the garage, was the most unusual sight. Mom had totally neglected pouring Blackie's dog food into his bowl. Instead, there on his, on the floor was a bowl of milk with cut-up banana slices next to a plate with a huge macadamia, nut, and white chocolate chip cookie. Blackie, who'd been on a hunger strike and had ceased eating at the pound, was suddenly eating his heart out. Who could blame him? He had arrived at Candyland. The next challenge was where to put Blackie when we were both out for dinner and so on, as he tore up every loose cardboard box in the garage when we stupidly followed the instructions for leaving your puppy. So it was back to Walmart for a pet carrier. The first small pet carrier I purchased was a canvas-like fabric, perfect, the label said, for traveling with and or restraining small dogs. But what seemed like an ever-so-simple solution became a wake-up call, a real eye-opener of what might lie ahead. When I first tested at putting Blackie in his new carry-on container for the night, I stupidly thought, well, now that we have that settled, let's all go to bed. Not. Within exactly ten minutes, Blackie had destroyed the leash connecting his collar to the inside roof of the carrier. Then he found freedom by eating himself out of the mesh green door. Then, when he was free and totally out of the carry, he was up to his old tricks and mischief with a vengeance, probably due to pent-up anger from being restricted in the first place, of knocking over every waste basket in the house like a kid raiding the refrigerator after school and spilling all the trash and their contents. He may have been free, but I was in bondage. So back to Walmart to shop for a stronger metal cage the very next night after work. Harry Houdini had won another round, and it became a pattern. Blackie performed the same Houdini routine in every type of restraint, car seats, body harnesses, you name it. All were just an exercise in futility for me, but an exercise in honing his magician skills for Blackie. Blackie now was able to extricate himself from each within five minutes, not ten as before. Note to self. If worse comes to worse in the economy, maybe we can all join the circus with Blackie as an irregular, albeit creative, new Houdini. My brother, Scott, didn't help. He sarcastically remarked at dinner soon after the third or fourth incident. Next time you rescue a dog, don't you think you should demand an IQ test? Remember, the idea is that the dog should be just a little less intelligent than you are. It was also humbling, time consuming, and costly. And it became a war of three wills hers, mine, and Blackie's. And to make it worse, she did not remember anything I had tried to tell her. And Blackie not only remembered every hiding place for food, he remembered and held a grudge. Slowly, I I'm going to I'm
0: gonna jump in right here. Uh, we're going to okay. pick up uh, on the next broadcast where we'll be sharing um, because of our time here. I'm going to ask if you just say a brief word of prayer, whatever's on your heart, before we come to an end here.
1: Okay. Dear Heavenly Father, I just want to thank you for this time with Pastor Parker and and uh, Mr. Robertson and all the precious people that might be hearing this broadcast, whether they pre-kindergarten or younger or in care homes and over 90, dear Lord, we're all made in the image of your son, Jesus Christ. And we all need love right now like we've never needed it before. So thank you for this little dog, Blackie, who, despite his many failings and problems and food addictions, taught me how to love the most difficult people in society, people who have had some concerns with their memories or concerns with their health, and help this little dog, his story, to go on to help others in this listening audience to do the same, that little by little, our society would go from a very fractured, very fearful society into a society that amplifies and exemplifies the love of our Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you, Jesus, for this wonderful opportunity. In Jesus' powerful
0: name, amen. Amen. Well, and as we normally do before we end the broadcast, if you're listening today and you've never made the step of inviting Jesus Christ to come into your heart as Lord and Savior, today is a great day to make that step. If you'd like to, would you simply pray this prayer with us to commit your heart and life to the Lord? Lord Jesus, thank you for loving me so much you came into this world a long time ago. You lived. You died on the cross to pay for all my sins. Three days later, you rose up from the dead so that I could be saved. Lord, I confess I've sinned and done wrong in many ways. Lord, I repent and turn from all the wrong I've done. Forgive me, Lord, for all the wrong things I've done. Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Be the Lord and Savior of my life. Thank you, Lord, for saving me. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Well, if you prayed that prayer, we are very much wanting to be in touch with you. My email, joseph at afr.net. Again, that's joseph at afr.net. We'd like to share with you some literature and resources that are going to help you begin to grow and grow strong and vibrant in your new walk with the Lord Jesus Christ. The email, one more time, joseph at afr.net. Well, Sister Sherry, thank you again so much for being with us today, and we'll look forward to having you back again, okay? (laughs) Thank
1: you. Thank you both. Um, And thank you, Mr. Robertson. It's been a pleasure.
0: All right. Thanks for listening. Join us again next time for the Hour of Intercession.